Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. And remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Look at well, your background. Hello. There. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm standing right now. My background has me standing in Harry Station. I need a background where it's from your POV of the con. So yeah. We could, it's like job trade day. It is. <laughs> and you're break. running, you're running the, uh, the, you're running the, uh, so instead of wife swap room. or husband swap, this is job it's swap. Job day. swap. Yeah. Okay. Job swap. Yeah. And and you've swapped with the transporter chief. I see. I, yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, John Tempoya was in the <laughs> in my in the transporter room that, that episode we reviewed recently, and uh he was injured. So yes, uh, I, yeah. he did a little stunt work. He did a little there. stunt work there. So yeah. I thought, you know, in homage of John Tempoya, we're gonna go ahead and show a little bit of the transporter room there. Nice. I can't believe that we're into season five. That's all I gotta say. I'm just glad that we're still doing this thing, you know. Oh I mean, my we, god! This is this is something that has been such a I don't know how to explain this, but it, it's been such uh, a highlight of so many people's weekly schedules that it's almost like imperative that we do we just keep on doing this because we are adding joy to so many people's lives by doing this podcast. So it's it's an important. Yeah, thing. I agree. I mean, I without trying to sound dramatic or anything yeah. the feedback that both you and i are are getting so often is it's not only the recap of the episode and yeah. whatever it's the memories that you and i have it's the community of delta yes. flyers patrons that are coming together um yeah virtually in all kinds of ways they've met yeah. up at, at some a few conventions sure. live and in person they're creating a, a relationships and support for each other through this pandemic and these tough times so I'm really proud of uh, our little our little podcast here. Me too. We have initiated so many friendships, which I'm going yeah. to go on the I'm going to go on the limb and say that these are lifelong friendships that have been forged because of this yeah. podcast and because of our our little side project <laughs> that yeah. started back during the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I know it's been tough on you because whenever you direct, especially when you direct and and you're not producing you are really tired. So by the time the weekend comes around and then you have to fill that weekend with Delta Flyer commitments, it's not easy. So I, I just want to thank you personally for hang, hanging in there and not sort of throwing in the towel because you could have easily said, you know what, you know, go get Tim Russ and do this because I can't do these anymore. I can't, I don't have the time, but you've stuck with it. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. It was a yeah. great idea. And uh, it's grown beyond my wildest uh, imagination of what it could be. Agreed. So it's been Agreed. awesome. Let's yeah. just jump right into it. This uh, this week's episode is Night, Season Five, Episode One, Night, and Season uh, Premiere. Yeah, Season oh Premiere. God. So this should be a good app. I'm excited to go mm -hmm. watch this. Without further ado, let's go watch this episode. We'll be right back. And for all of you Patreon patrons, thank you for supporting us. Please stay tuned for your bonus material. We're back from watching season five, first episode of season five. Oh Night. my gosh. I can't believe <laughs> we didn't remember that this yeah. was the introduction of Captain, Captain Proton. Proton. Well, oh yeah, my it's, God. It's a B storyline. So you're, yeah, how are you or I expected to have recalled that this was the introduction of Proton? We're not going to know. I'm, we're not going to know, know that. We're not going to know I, that. Okay. Let, save it. I save should. It. Yeah, I you should have known it. Remember you should have. You should have saved it. Let's yes. save it. Let's get, let's start right off. Let's jump right into this with our okay. poetry synopsis of okay. night. Here is my haiku for night. Ready. Captain Proton. Yay. Malon poisoning the void. Together we win. Oh, <laughs> Captain Proton. Yay. Yay. I like it. Okay, All right. here's, okay. A, here's a little poetry limerick. Lay it for on me. Night. Here we go. Voyager is flying through the void. Captain Proton is here to be enjoyed. Janeway is in a funk. A problem gives her some spunk. 
they ride the vortex and leave the garbage destroyed. <laughs> nice. Good job. Good job. All Thank right. You. Excellent. Okay. That's a good start for this recap of this yes, episode. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Good poetry all around. Captain mm-hmm. Crunch, I've made an appearance in both the haiku and the limerick, so that's exciting. Yeah, very um, exciting. Okay. Night, written by Brandon Braga and yep. Joe Minoski, directed by David Livingston. We yeah, we got it. that right. We got that right. We did get that right. Sure did. Talk about the guest stars. Wild guess, by the way. We had. Yeah, we, we really did. were just, <laughs> we were flying blind on that. We were totally guessing. Okay. Yeah. Um, the role of Emk, who was our, you know, garbage man, Malon, uh, Malon captain, right? Malon yeah. captain, yes. Mm-hmm. Ken Maggi or okay. McGee. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, Ken McGee, McGee, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't remember working with him. I mm. just, I don't, I don't recall. But I thought he did a great job. Anyway, uh, Ken McGee, yeah, he did. He was great. He was from Texas. He died in 2015. Oh, so darn Ken it. And McGee is no longer with us. Um, <sighs> yeah. I hate when we, we look into some of these guest stars. And uh, I, I'm going to, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, as far as guest stars go, he didn't have a ton of lines, but the lines he had such interesting choices of how he delivered them. You know, I mean, yeah. his, his acting choices were outside the box and i really enjoyed them I to the point he was where great. yeah i was yeah. going to recommend let's contact him and get a hold of him and interview him yeah. but we cannot do that now he's passed away that's a bummer oh man it's just a reminder that on this podcast we need to reach out to as many people as we can mm-hmm. and of mm-hmm. our guest stars of mm-hmm. our series regulars mm-hmm. of our crew yeah all of them because you know getting some of these memories down and, sure and some of this is uh, sure. Yeah. And and not just for episodes coming up, but for episodes we've already reviewed. Like I wouldn't yeah. mind coming, you know, grabbing some of these guest stars uh, because why not? I think the fans yeah. will be just as excited to hear uh, from or about these guest stars, having mm-hmm. them on the show and having having them discuss their roles and their yeah. unique perspectives. I think it would be a bonus Big bonus. I just think, you know, when we have these moments where we look into an actor that we really mm-hmm. enjoyed in an episode, we realize yeah. that they've passed away. Mm-hmm. It's just a reminder not to not to waste a, a minute of this podcast and try to get as much information as we can. This is a agreed. I, I've said it before. It's like a historical record of yeah. Voyager in a, in a big way. And mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's important. So yeah. the next uh, actor guest star is Steve Dennis, okay. who played both of the night aliens. Oh, so he played he, Night Alien One and Night Alien oh Two. Oh my god! Is how he's credited. Maybe yeah. because of that that makeup and costume, they only wanted to spend the money on one, and so he played both of them. You think they just they didn't have enough budget to to make enough? Uh, I think it was the costume. Costumes. I think it was a costume. <laughs> Next, uh, we have Martin Rayner as Doctor Chaotica. Yes, come on, people! He is so good. Yes. So, so good. I don't even know where to begin with Martin. Um, he's uh, uh, British. He's from England. I forget mm-hmm. the town he's from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did read something about his father left in some of the bio that I found. His father left when he was two years old. So he grew up without dad around. And yeah. I think there was a polio outbreak in uh, his family and his town that he was in. Rough time. He grew up uh, in a part of England and a time where things were really tough. The interesting thing about Martin, I loved Martin, by the way, I loved working with him. Mm -hmm. He was awesome. Mm -hmm. He had a little catamaran sailboat. I remember he would talk about that. He kept down near Malibu. Oh, and he always invited me. I never went out to do it, but he was like, you've got to come out and we'll go Hobie cat. It was like a little Hobie sailboat, tiny little, you know, day out, Sailor, you and I did a Hobie Cat down in uh, down in Turks and Caicos. Turks and Caicos. Oh, yes, yeah. we did. We that did. little Hobie Cat that we took out. Yeah. So Martin had one of those, and he wanted me to come out, and he was just such a nice, nice man, and so so much fun to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Rayner loved him. Anyway, our last guest star who didn't have any lines, but she screamed a lot, <laughs> as Constance Goodhart is Kirsten Turner. Kirsten Turner played Constance Goodhart. Yeah. Um, 
She is married to Eric Turner. Yes. Who is best known as uh, the guitar player from Warrant. The metal band Warrant. Yes. I'm actually still in contact with Kirsten after all these years. We still follow oh, each wow. other on Instagram. We still will message every now and then. So I would like to get a hold of her to try to have her talk about, you know, talk Captain about Proton. Captain Proton. Exactly. And, and the screaming role. Mm-hmm. Did she ever have a line? I don't know. No, she just Did screamed you? her. She just screamed her bloody head off pretty much. She and, just screamed, I, right? And I got to tell you, she has some pipes. She was able to, she was, oh it was God. so loud. And you even yes, see in that beginning scene, I react to how loud she screams. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh my goodness. But on set, just really super nice. Super, I mean, super as nice, nice as you earth. can. Yeah. Um, that's our guest cast. That's what I got. All right. Good job, okay. man. Let's Good jump job. into our, our, our story. So Let's jump right in. We open the very first thing we see in mm-hmm. season five. The very first image is we hear old fashioned music mm. and this logo comes up with an earth. Yeah. Rotating. It's like a, yeah. Yeah. And the first thing I thought of was it looks like the old RKO radio pictures. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, the studios, so the building where Rick Berman's office and production offices were, that was the old RKO main building. And that's why there's a planet on the corner of gower and melrose do you remember this on the oh corner? yeah that was rko radio pictures was our production I, office and, and paramount that. ended up buying them and consolidating them or desi lu bought them first mm, mm. it was rko radio pictures then desi lu then paramount wow and as paramount expanded so okay. when that when that planet comes up in the first thing i was like oh my god it's that just looks like, like yeah the production office and RKO mm-hmm. Radio Pictures. Mm-hmm. That was my first thought. Yeah. But very cool, very cool opening. We yeah. see Dr. Chaotica on a microphone. Right. He's looking through like a submarine little eyepiece or something. Mm-hmm. And he's threatening the earthlings to yeah. oppose me and you will be slaves in the minds of Mercury. And it's all in black and white, which I loved. And then we cut over to Harry. Harry has the first uh, line mm-hmm. after that. And I like my little eyebrow action, like, you know, when, I, when I'm telling him, well, you, you you haven't, what did I say to him? You, I say something to the effect of, uh, you know, I, I'm basically introing you is what I'm doing. Like you didn't, yes. you didn't count for one, you didn't count for one thing though. And I give him the, the quick little eyebrow thing, like meaning mm-hmm. Captain Proton. And so you bust in uh, bust with in your goggles with the jig on. Is up. Yeah. The jig is up your majesty yeah. as I come in. Yeah, love your little retro cool ray gun that you have that you're holding. Mm-hmm. You come mm-hmm. save the day. By the way, I was chewing gum in the scene, which I thought was oh, a cool that's right. Detail. You were chewing gum. I forgot. I was about chewing that. gum in the scene. I think that yeah. might have been my idea. I was like, okay. oh, it's 20th century, Mr. Cool. I, would... uh, I should chew some gum. <laughs> yeah. What if he's chewing gum? Cool. I think right. I'm, I'm I'm 99% sure that I talked David Livingston into that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love Spaceman First Class, Protector mm-hmm. of Earth, Scourge of the Intergalactic Evil at your service. Yeah. it's It was great. And uh, then as we're just, you know, getting to this point of a climactic moment in the Captain Proton story, yeah. the doctor walks in. <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> And he's in color too. He's yeah. not even in black and white, which Harry yeah. changes. Harry changes that very quickly. Mm-hmm. And he wants, he's fighting for time on the holodeck, which to me, because all he wants to do is sing his, isn't he going to about to sing his aria or something yeah, like that? He says that, he right? wants to rehearse his yeah. opera thing. Exactly. Yeah. And here's my, here, this is my problem with this. There's hollow emitters in sick bay. He could have just used his office to turn that into his concert hall. He didn't have to come to the hol- to, to holodeck one. He doesn't need an actual entire yeah, holly- have, holodeck. At this point, we only have two. We have two. We have two. And they should be reserved for the human characters, not for the holographic doctor. And he has, Listen, like I said, Tom Paris felt the same way. Yeah, it Tom was did not want I, to do it. I, I was highly, <laughs> highly annoyed by the entrance of the doctor. And again, once again, it, it, he shouldn't have had any dibs on holodeck time. I don't think so because he has hollow emitters in his office. He can create that there. Right. As far as he's I trying understand, to be, he's trying to be one of the crew. I get it, but it's Jared, still, he's just yeah, trying to be one. I know. Trying to rehearse this thing. Well, we need a little conflict so that they can. I get it. Later I get on, it. We, I, I'm just as do. annoyed as Tom is, is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah. The, so they start to argue over who's going to use uh, Tom and the doctor argue over who's going to use the holodeck mm-hmm. punching buttons. And there's like a Fritz and we yeah. cut up to the bridge and Chakotay 
sees an alarm yeah. and calls the holodeck. <laughs> He's like, hey, uh, something just blew out. And the last thing we need is a broken holodeck, he says. Right. So clearly, you know, and, and, and you can you, see on the bridge, things yeah, but, are kind of different, you know. Right. Yeah. But but in our but the response to Chicote, it's me. It's me responding to Chicote. I think we both do. But in our voice, you can you can hear how annoyed we are with the doctor. <laughs> like there's no like we're like, yeah, we're on it. There's an issue. You know, you can hear this just through gritted teeth, but we're not saying what's going on. We're not saying that we've been fighting the doctor, but you can yeah. definitely hear that there yeah. has been tension. And it's in our both our voices that don't yeah, worry, Chakotay. Yeah, yeah, we'll take care of the, the conflict. Issue. Yeah, the, the con- yes. of course. Seven shows up on the bridge. Chakotay's like, please can give me some good news. And she goes, so nope, sorry. Um, there is n- uh, what I can give you is there's no star systems within 2,500 light years of that's where ins- we are. That's incredible. No stars. Nothing. It's just pitch black. Yeah. She said the only thing we're picking up a little theta radiation uh, and there's theta, theta radiation is occluding heavy, our sensors. Right. Heavy concentrations of theta radiation, which is blocking our ability to see anything beyond yep. this area. And yep. then this is uh, we also learn in this scene that it's been two months already. Right, that we've been yes. going through this. two months so, so far, is, and it's two mm-hmm. years left. Right, if two we, years left in, in this blackness. Yeah, we cut to the exterior space shot of Voyager traveling in complete darkness, which is so weird to see that. It's so bizarre. There's yeah. nothing out there at all, and that's the shot that we get. It's very hard. It's I, I would imagine this was hard for the VisFX people to figure out because if you are in the void of space and there's mm-hmm. no light at all, right then you wouldn't even see the space. The, no, you the, wouldn't. Sh- you, know. sh- you shouldn't even be able to see the ship either. Yeah, you might the- see some windows, but they would appear to be floating in, you in know, space. Exactly. In space because there's no exterior light lighting mm-hmm. the ship up. So they had to find a, a bit of a balance. Yeah, I guess. agreed. Uh, agreed. And uh, then we go to a, a hallway shot. There's a first officer's log. Mm-hmm. He t- uh is talking about the power cells. They're trying to stockpile deuterium mm-hmm. using power cells because they're not going to be able to get any supplies. Right. We're not coming across any resources of any kind for a long, yeah. long time. Yeah. So two years. Uh, so that's yeah. a long time. And then we go, where do we go after that? We go to the briefing room. And I have to say right now, Paris gets a haircut. Look mm-hmm. at your hair. You are aerodynamic. I just yeah. love it. It's short. It's clean. It's not poofy. It's not fluffy. I really liked Paris's hair. Uh, shorter uh, to the point where it, it looks like you even lost weight uh, in this episode. I, I, I don't feel know. like I, all of us looked a little healthier because we yes. stopped shooting these 15, 16, 17 hour days. Yes. We had been on a bit of a break. It was probably usually our hiatus was in the springtime. Mm-hmm. So it was usually around April, May or something like that. Right. So we probably were getting out and getting a little sun, right. you know, exercising. <laughs> we just looked rested and healthy. Sure. And, um, and, you know, we just reviewed Demon recently, and that episode is where the writers told us to go work out. So mm-hmm. I do feel that all of us sort of got a little more slim and trim um, by the time we yeah, filmed Beltran this episode. looked good. I, yeah. He was in a short sleeve shirt at one mm-hmm. point. I was like, yeah. oh, he looks fit. Yeah, everyone looks yeah. pretty darn good in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Chakotay's running the meeting. We still That's haven't right. seen, by the way, the captain yet. Janeway, no Janeway yet. Mm-hmm. No Janeway. It's very weird. Yeah. Chakotay's running the meetings, wants reports. Balana says, you know, nothing new. The mm-hmm. Her staff is going crazy. They want yeah. something to do. Yeah. Chakotay asks Harry for any updates. Harry says, no, nope, nothing going on. It's mm-hmm. everything's normal, nothing yeah. new. Tuvok says, you know, this theta, theta radiation thing is the only thing that's uh, new news. And Tom Paris says, well, finally, some excitement. Radiation. radiation. <laughs> and the whole crew laughs, which I thought was a har, har, har. Yes, uh, it's a laughing bad moment. joke. Yeah. But they're yeah. they're desperate for anything Definitely. to laugh at. So. Yeah. Well, Neelix then suggests rotating crew assignments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he says, maybe I'll, I'll get a shot at, at tactical or at least, you know, security detail doing that. And Tuvok's very non-plused. He's like, mm, sure, whatever. And then um, he then suggests turning Cargo Bay 2 into a third holodeck. Now, yeah. isn't a Cargo Bay 2 where Seven of Nine is <laughs> regeneration alcove is? That's what I thought. I thought so. Was yeah. located there. So I don't know. How, maybe part of 
cargo bay too. You're not going to push seven out yeah. there, I guess. No. And then the third item that he brings up, Neelix brings up his point of concern is uh, the, captain, the captain, the yeah. captain's whereabouts. Why haven't mm-hmm. we seen her? And, you know, um, Chakotay gets a little defensive here. He's just like, look, he gets, you know, he barks. <laughs> yeah, he he barks. barking. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? She can command Cap- from wherever Captain's, she wants to. Yeah. Captain's prerogative. He got yeah. really mad. I agree. Yeah. He was like, he, whoa, buddy. He he got pissed. You know, Harry tries to calm this, this uh, disturbance down by saying, look, look, maybe we've just got the wrong attitude. Let's think yeah. of this as a two-year vacation. And then everyone makes fun of Harry. I know. Uh, I noticed that. I was like, why is everybody piling on? And then when you when you make that final little dig at me about my my lame joke, I say, I say, you're such an optimistic guy. Okay, that line. I don't know what was going on, but if you listen to that carefully, it sounds like a very heavy Michigan accent. Really? Yes. When I say optimistic guy, guy, it's optimistic very guy. guy. I'm optimistic guy. I'm saying it You're very Midwesty. Yes. And the only thing that I can come up with is at, it is around this time when we we're filming mm-hmm. that I became friends, very good friends with uh, this couple that I've known for many years from Michigan. So I, I went on vacation with them. I, I They came to visit me in LA. I went to visit them in Michigan. I went to their wedding in Michigan as well. So I was hanging around Michiganers a lot. And so yeah, maybe I you think, were hanging around them. Yeah, maybe they were may running have, lines with them. They may have been visiting me and then just hearing those guys talk with their uh, the Michigan accent uh, came mm-hmm. out in this in this particular scene. All right, let's jump to the next scene. We are now in Neelix's quarters mm-hmm. and he wakes up completely just manic, just distressed. He looks out the window. There's no stars. He orders some tea and you can tell he's not handling this void very well. Not at all. No. And I love the transition. I just want to jump to the beginning of the scene. Yes. Because there was a transition, and I noticed um, David Livingston doing it a bunch in this episode, mm-hmm. these sort of design transitions. So before before we come into Neelix's um, quarters, yeah, we're, we we go out of the briefing room with Chakotay, and he sits in his chair, and there's no one on the bri- it's all he's all alone, and mm-hmm. he just looks at the view screen, and then there's a shot of his point of view of the view screen that pushes into the blackness, so okay, the screen okay. becomes black for yep. a minute, and then. They, it must have dissolved to the blackness of Neelix's quarters and the lights come on. Oh, right. And it was a really wonderful elegant, transition. Yeah. Elegant yeah. transition. Yeah. And I noticed things like that a number of times in this episode. Definitely. Normally we just do these hard cuts and yeah, but this was a, a much more um, artistic, I guess, uh, yeah. pre-planned transition. I also, so. I also noticed a lot of David's uh, camera moves were very smooth, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and well thought out. Yep. Uh, but I will say, when we were talking during the uh, bonus material section, when we were mm-hmm. we were guessing who this episode would revolve around, I threw out Neelix. Remember that? And you were like Neelix. And when this scene show, when this scene happened in you Neelix's like, quarters, I, I was like, knew- I was right. I got. So then I thought maybe this is an entire Neelix episode. But there is a lot of Neelix in here. I mean, Neelix is is the one who is the most. Yeah. Mm, exa- anxious, I guess. Yeah. He's the most yeah. anxious of all of everyone mm-hmm. in going through this void. So I felt somewhat vindicated. It's funny because I kept guessing seven. I was like, sure, yeah. it was going to be a big seven story. Right. And she, which it's not. Not really. No, no, no. So and I was Jane more Roy on doesn't the money. show up till 13 <laughs> yeah, minutes in. Exactly. So, so I, was, I was a little more on the money than you were, I would have to say. It becomes one. a Janeway story. It does. Ultimately. But it takes time it takes to finally while. get there. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, we jump to mess hall and mm-hmm. now we see Paris and Torres. And this is a game that we have not played as of yet. Uh, do you recall seeing this Dorada game before this? No. And I, no, I, I've never seen it. Mm-mm. And I looked it up. Yeah. It was only in this episode as far as I could find. Oh, wow. It's not in any other Star Trek. There's no yeah. other episode of any series right. where this game Dorada was played. Yeah, so they which, must have just created a, a fictional game for this one episode that she and I could play, which looks like a cross between chess and Chinese checkers or something yeah. like that. You know, it's on kind of a round board. A round and, board, and yeah. The whole mm-hmm. there's holes in the pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's an odd thing. And I make mm-hmm. it, we're playing the game, and the first move I make, and Balana says, "Oh, 
the Novakovich gambit. Predictable, very predictable. The Novakovich gambit. <laughs> it sounds like chess talk to me. You know, it does sound like mm-hmm. chess talk. Yeah, and I say, yeah, it's predictable because you always fall for fall it. for it. <laughs> and then we start bickering. What do you guys bicker? You're not just bickering. Bicker. This, this turns into it's a this fight. Is, this is like a brawl. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the? I was heck? like, this is a. And Paris says, this is a subtle game. It's all about subtlety. And she goes, yeah. oh, yeah, you're subtle as, I don't know. She, she says something to me. And I yeah. say, oh, well, if it doesn't involve pain sticks, then you don't want to do it. Yeah. And she's done. She's like, no, nah, I'm out of there. And uh-huh. she gets up. Yeah. Uh, and the, But the fighting still continues. You you won't drop it. She won't drop it. No. Neelix walks up. Neelix tries. He, tr- he really he tries, does try. He tries to calm us down. No. But then no. he finally gets, he, he loses, loses it. it. Yes. And he's like, yes. stop this fighting. Stop this bickering. And then he yeah. starts to hyperventilate. Yeah. And Paris is like, you okay? Whoops. And pa- yeah. Paris calls sick bay. Right. And we cut right. to sick bay. Yeah. And there's Neelix on the, on the uh, surgical bed and he's getting scanned, doc scanning him. And yeah. this is a moment, by the way, I noticed what is Neelix wearing? Like, is he in his oh, PJs? Yeah. It was a weird. I don't it know. Like PJs, I've never seen it before yeah. or since. Yeah, you're right. That's that's the weird outfit. Yeah, the weird outfit. Purple. It, I, I, it and must. Rust yeah. Color. This and... must be his his his. You know, his sleepwear. This has to be it. There's no no other explanation. It could be sleepwear because when they're pl- when Paris and Balan are playing chess and they get in a fight, it's three in the morning. They comment. Right. right. So yeah, he right. might have just come in to get a cup of co- a tea or something and. Yeah. The doctor says, look, I'm going to treat you. This will help with your anxiety, which Neelix says, mm-hmm. no, this is not anxiety. And then the doctor says, oh, well, dizziness, nausea, unspeakable dread. And that's when Neelix nods and he goes, well, it's nylophobia, the fear of nothingness. <laughs> I, I'm like, what? Okay. Is that really a thing? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. And I'm not sure. I didn't look it up, but you know, according says, to Star Trek yeah, the, Voyager, it is. The doctor says, nylophobia, nylophobia the fear of nothing. Mm-hmm. He says, or in layman's terms, the, the fear, fear of, of nothing. Nothingness. Yeah, he's still doing it out there. <laughs> and then the doctor says he can relate. He says, I can relate mm-hmm. whenever I get deactivated. And then he starts describing yeah. that, which then further intensifies Neelix's yes. anxiety. Yeah, he's like, like you're ah, not helping. You're not helping at all. No. You're not helping this. And he says, you're going to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Relax. Mm-hmm. And then we go to astrometrics. Yep. Again, a cool transition because we kind of start on the star field over yeah. Tuvok. We think we might be seeing stars, which yeah. we don't expect in the store yet. Right. And we reveal that we're just in the astrometrics lab. Right. And he's looking at a recorded star field, some files or something. Yeah. Because he's, on the he's using astrometrics as a place to meditate because typically he mm-hmm. meditates in his quarters with his he's able to look out of the windows in his quarters and see the stars and yeah. he uses each star as he, he visualizes each star each point of light as one of his thoughts you know so it's really mm-hmm. it's very you know it's 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 uh yeah, it's kind of cool like this is not for recreational use in here she's like, <laughs> like if you want to go meditate why don't you try she suggests that he go to the her regeneration alcove. Yeah, yeah. And if they can hook him up with some kind of interface, that right. that would be as good. Yeah. You know, forget the meditating. Right. You should go to my, my board regeneration. Much more efficient. And you'll be rejuvenated just the same way that you're, mm-hmm. you're using this uh, meditation uh, process. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an alert uh, beeping sound that happens. And yes. we realize the long radiant sensors have detected dangerous levels of this theta radiation. Mm-hmm. Source, yet again, is unknown. We have no clue where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Now we cut to Janeway's quarters, and now Chakotay is the one who's briefing Janeway about the radiation. But really interesting that we don't even see Janeway's face, mm-hmm. anything. She's completely in shadow, but very cool shot, though. I mean, it just it sets the tone, it sets the mood. You realize Janeway is going in is, Janeway is going through something. She is in a yeah. funk. She's in a dark place. She's literally in a dark place. In a dark place. Yeah, literally, in the, she's in, in a dark shot. place. In the shot it's very and in dramatic. Her life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're 13 minutes into this episode. I know we've mentioned it, but like yeah. this is the first time we're seeing the captain. Right. She's, you know, she seems kind of numb or angry or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we don't know. We don't know yet. We have no clue why she's like this at this point. No, we don't. No. And uh, Chakotay tells her about this radiation. It could be from a vessel. And she says, OK, change course. Right. And he says, well, why don't you come play Velocity with me? I'll get, you know, yeah. we can go. And, and I thought when he said that, I was like, Really? <laughs> like that's the most romantic calming thing go play velocity 
why not a nice candle at dinner or something? I was like, <laughs> men, oh, you're going to the sports right away. It's okay to go to it's okay to go to sports. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but like she's in a, she's in a mood. Maybe just a nice glass of wine I, 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 and a nice I meal. I know. Um, or, an Akuchi, says, or an Akuchi Moya session. A little uh, Akuchi Moya session. <laughs> Yeah. He says the crew needs her. She says, yeah. I don't understand it. Maybe it's, she says, maybe it's this, this darkness. What does the crew call it? And Chakotay says they call it the void. Right. That's the first time we hear that word. Mm -hmm. She says she even wishes that there was a board cube for some distraction. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so desperate for something to do. Right. I'm going crazy. And ultimately she realizes, she reveals that Reason. she's blaming herself for them yeah. being in this situation. That all goes back to the caretaker and, and when she destroyed their way to get home to save these other people. Yeah. She's been guilt ridden for four years now, feeling like yeah. she put everyone in this situation. She could have gotten yeah. everyone back home and now everyone has to pay for her decision. So yeah. this is a cumulative effect of four years worth of guilt, finally building up to the point well, where- yeah, she because hasn't she been distracted by Borg cubes or anything, right? So she, now, exactly. Yeah. She, if you, if you don't have something to put your attention on, some work oh, or boy. some activity or yeah. something, you it, get in your head, and that's it all what's rises happening. to the surface now. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is also the first time I remember seeing her in a short sleeve shirt with her communicator. There, are you sure like, about oh, that? Are you sure? I about don't remember. I'm not sure. No, I'm not. But it it jumped out at me. I was like, because she kind of had on the bottom part of her uniform. It looked like same color. Yeah. Yeah, but remember but when she fought, just she fought the macro virus, she had on that little tank top number without sleeves. Right? Yeah, a tank top. This was a T-shirt. Mm. This was like short yeah. sleeve T-shirt. And yeah. her communicator was on the outside. I don't right. know. It was an interesting look. Yeah. I, I like seeing her in, in, in that look. I thought it was right. nice. So next we go to the bridge. And again, a cool transition. We kind of come off the, the blackness. We hear music in the blackness of the, what we realize is the view screen. It slowly mm -hmm. sort of pans around. Nobody's on the bridge until we realize, oh, this music, this very sad, emotional sort of music is coming from Harry, who's sprawled out on the captain's chair, mm -hmm. very relaxed, very bored, I guess, playing his clarinet. And I thought yeah. it was great. Your, yeah, and fing fingering would look great. Well, thank you. And in the yeah. you know, in our bonus material, I did talk about this is the one thing I remember playing the clarinet, yeah. and the piece was called Echoes of the Void, which, from what I understand, it was an original, an original composed piece by my my clarinet teacher, uh, oh, Steve wow. Carr. Yeah, so I think Steve Carr came up with this, and he was like, "Okay, so this is my original piece," and I had to play. Echoes of the Void. And um, yeah, I remember it was again, great. Being, yeah, it, it looked good, but I was so nervous again. Every time I played the clarinet, super nervous because I just wanted, I wanted it to look realistic. You know, I wanted people yeah. that, people that played the clarinet are going to be watching to make sure that every, every note is fingered correctly. So um, I was uber nervous, but like, as you said, it came off fine. So I'm okay with it. It looked great. I thought it was yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, I think Tuvok walks in. Yes, he playing. does. He does. He walks in and uh, you continue playing for Tuvok, this composition. Yeah. Echoes well, of the Void. And what's different is typically whenever I ask Tuvok, hey, you want to hear this? You want to do that? He always says no to me. So no, this is exactly. the one time where he's like, well, there's, I've got time nothing on else my going hands. On. I got nothing else going <laughs> on. So this is the rare time where Tuvok is in agreement with, with yeah. Harry. And then we go to the holodeck and mm. we're back in the Captain Proton simulation right. and Paris is now giving Seven a tour and updating her on the story of Captain Proton so that she can play a role in this. Yeah. I, uh, I don't even know if you're up. You're, I think you're trying to get her to do it with you. Trying to talk time. her yeah, into like, like, come you, on, you can play, you can play yeah. Constance Goodhart, Kirsten Turner's role in this, yeah. uh, in this uh, chapter of my hollow program. And yep. it's just so funny. She's so seven, you know, the, the robot comes towards her and all she does is just rip the cords, the wiring out. So she's like, yeah, basically, line, basically like Paris is like, Paris yeah. is like, okay, chaotica escaped he left this robot the yeah. robot's gonna try to fight us okay and you're gonna be constance goodhart and she's yeah. like constance goodhart. i'm like yeah my uh my secretary and uh <laughs> so funny he's like yeah you just hang out and follow me around and yeah. help me yeah. 
And then he runs over and activates the program. Yeah. And the computer comes alive, goes citizen of earth, looking at seven surrender. Right. Do not resist, which yeah. I thought was ironic with resistance is futile. It's futile right. With yeah, the robot he's saying, saying that. do yeah. not resist. Yes. And which she, was Tarek, by the way. Me. Remember, the robot That's is Tarek right. Ergen inside the robot suit. So. Inside the robot was mm-hmm. one of our, uh, was Tarek Ergen, one of our regular uh, bridge Back- crew and yeah. background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just stares at the robot and she says, she replies, I am Borg. Yeah. And opens the thing, <laughs> rips it rip, out, rips out some wires. The robot has he, been neutralized. May I leave yes. now? <laughs> May yes. I leave now? She's May not, I leave now? She doesn't even want to play. Uh, she's so not. And then, and then Tom runs game. over in, yeah. in the shot and again, close talking. Tom oh. is right up in her face. And I was oh, like, I why? It's I, I run around and turn into the shot. Clearly, yeah. David Livingston was like, she's going to say a line and then you just pop in next to her and say your mm. line. And then and then we're out of the scene because I say, you know, come on, seven, give it a chance. And he didn't want to cut back to uh, me over there. He wanted, right. me he wanted like, you to I come over. That's why you it, had was, a close it was odd blocking and close talking again mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. clearly for a shot not yeah. it made no sense for me to do what you know run in like that but Under, understood but it didn't ruin the scene though the no, scene is was, still good it, was a it still scene. worked it was a yeah scene. still worked uh we jumped to the bridge where yes. harry is still playing echoes of the void and suddenly there's a ship shake alarms are going off all over the place evidently we've dropped out of warp and we are losing power now losing power fast. Yeah. We have all these ship shots. Yep. A montage of different yeah. parts of the ship, losing power of uh, yeah. every, everyone uh, in every part of the ship, losing power. There's a lot of yeah. shots here, by the there way. There are. Oh like my mess gosh. Hall. Yeah. I, I wrote down mess hall, Janeway's quarters, a hallway, mm-hmm. sick bay, yeah. the outside of the ship, yeah. back to engineering, yeah. back to the bridge. Yeah. It was a lot of like a big dramatic moment, which Rick was Berman's great. office. It's... It was all power just going out <laughs> exactly. everywhere. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Oh. My trailer, the hair yeah, makeup. Your trailer. Um, yeah. Los, An- was... Los Angeles Valley, you know, the entire yeah. valley losing power. Everything's going Everything. on. Yes. Um, and then we kind of have a basically a montage with everyone dealing with the blackout, right? Uh, just yep. scene after scene after scene. Harry opens a panel with Tuvok watching trying over to his shoulder it. on the bridge, yeah. trying to fix it. Chakotay's in the corridor. He hears some noise from clearly it's Neelix. You can hear him in the background. Yeah. Uh, Torres it's is pitch black everywhere. It's pitch black. Like yeah, it's, it's it's really dark. You can't see anything. No. Torres Torres is barking commands in engineering and yep. back on the holodeck. Um, yeah, Paris is, is, you know, what did you, what did you say? I think, uh, it said you something s- like, give me a second. I don't know how to operate this thing. And then the light comes on. It's a flashlight. Right. And right. Goes, and then you captain proton to the rescue is what you say right there, <laughs> exactly. which is great because Paris still has a sense of humor in the midst of, you know, a crisis basically yeah. losing power in the ship. That's a deal. That's a big deal. I just thought he doesn't know how to operate a flashlight. <laughs> Like, wow. And he goes, and he does explain to Seven after he turns yeah. it on. He's like, well, yeah. it's not exactly Starfleet issue. Right. <laughs> but still, uh, it's a flashlight. It, I yes. mean, come uh, on. I, I love after that when you tell Seven, uh, when Seven, excuse me, Seven tells Paris to reroute power from the holodeck to the emergency relays. And you give her a yes, a ye- ma'am. I'm like, uh, what? I wrote that down. The first yes, yes ma'am, ma'am to someone other than Janeway in the entire show. I don't think I even yes, ma'am, Torres. So no. I was very excited. Well, I yeah. made a big note I, there. I'm sure I do. Yes, ma'am, Torres. Well, yes. In, I'm in, sure I do. In your quarters and not yes. shown on, not shown on <laughs> yes. film, right? Yes, so. yes ma'am. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. Okay. We go to a uh, hallway next, the corridor, yeah. and Chakotay finds Neelix panicking on the floor. Cowering on the floor, Cowering. really. Yeah. Is he still wearing his nightgown or his nightclothes at that point? He was wearing something or and he was like hugging something. He's hugging like, like a, a blanket. blanket. Oh, the blanket exactly. that his mom made, maybe. Remember? I bet you that's what it was. Oh, yes. yes. It was very dark, so hard mm-hmm. to see, but it looked like he was. Yes. Yeah, it might have been the blanket that he sleeps with that he talked yep. about in the early Yep, episode. yep, yep. That would be Chakotay. great if, it, if that's what it was. Yes. Chakotay calms him down, assists him, gets him up off the floor. We jump to the bridge and Harry has finally enabled partial sensors and he's able to detect that the power drain was caused by some kind of dampening field off the port bow. We don't know, you know, mm-hmm. we can't see anything. So Tuvok suggests, hey, 
let's launch a modified photon torpedo to act like a flare. Good idea. Mm -hmm. We then jump back to the Captain Proton hologram, and Tom is now looking for something to pry open the hatch, mm -hmm. and he shines his flashlight, and lo and behold, we have an alien. This alien creepy. is creepy. Yeah, I'm creepy. gonna call it the poop alien. Right. Well, we, th this is this is what we ended up calling it actually mm -hmm. uh, on the show. I re I remember I, multiple times at conventions. Bob Picardo brings this up all the time. He's like, yeah, in sick bay, I was with Janeway and there was the, 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 the alien that looked like feces, you know, the poop alien. So, I mean, <laughs> we, yeah, he's mentioned the poop alien numerous times uh, that looks like yes. just, yeah, the captain's the poop. He'll say yeah. he looks just like the captain's log is he'll say things like that, you know, <laughs> making fun of this, this alien looking like feces. Um, and well, the poop but when alien, he comes, he comes at he you, comes at what me. is he holding? He's holding like some type of bright light. And when he hits you, your whole body looks like you're going through that, that crazy sausage tunnel, you know, uh, thing yeah. that we reviewed in that your whole body gets covered in some weird white light. So whatever weapon he's down. got, yeah. we, we find a moment later uh, that, that it's, he's got burns all over his face. Yeah, so he, he definitely does. had a weapon of some sort. Yeah. Uh, but he knocks Paris down with that weapon. Seven mm -hmm. disengages the safety protocols and takes uh, Captain Proton's ray pistol gun. and yeah. ray gun and shoots the poop alien mm -hmm. with the holographic uh, weapon. Quick thinking. Quick thinking, Very Seven. Quick thinking. Mm -hmm. We jump back to the corridor. Chakotay yep. and Neelix are walking at, in the dark. Neelix is like, I hear something. I, hear I something. saw something. Yeah. yeah um, and Chakotay's light shines on an alien. And mm -hmm. at that second, they're, they're completely shocked. He's shot. The alien is shot. By none other than Janeway, who has ventured out of her quarters, and the alien Finally. runs down the corridors. Yeah. Finally, she comes out. And this is what brings her. Yeah, up. the alien is hit by her phaser rifle, mm -hmm. for God's yeah. sakes. Yeah. And he still runs off. He's still running off. He's still so running off. That sort of bumped me, I gotta say, because we also learn later on that these aliens are dying. Like, how can it be so strong that it doesn't? It's, I'm sure it was at least on stun or something. Right. But then but remember our last episode, season four, the last episode of season four yeah. with the alien who was the final, one of the few survivors of his race. When we mm -hmm. shoot him with the phaser, it kind of knocks fine. him back for a second, but he's, he's totally okay. It's like, what yeah. is going on with our phasers? Right. Yeah. I wish that they had played that with, with Janeway in the hallway where the poop alien kind of gets nicked on the shoulder or something yeah, something something smaller well so that he's his ability to run off uh, it should have been hampered sense. yeah because clearly clearly our weapons need to be recalibrated there's something going on with our <laughs> yes. weapons they're not working yes. very well no enough and then we jump back to the bridge and now the photon torpedo flare is is shot out towards the port uh we the finally port see because it's mm -hmm. dark outside we and it lights up lights up like a flare these yeah. three creepy little alien little vessels alien yeah. vessels they were it was creepy did you think the they were they, little they came off as little to you i thought they, they came were off as little to me okay they uh they looked i don't know they were they were normal size i thought they were normal size they were just kind of interesting design like a half moon kind of a design yeah. whatever you know but anyway it's still kind of creepy that these guys are just hanging out there we didn't even know right? yeah it's we totally couldn't even dark. see them mm -mm. Mm -hmm. yeah we're back at engineering Janeway Chicote and Neelix arrive with a power cell Janeway's mm -hmm. like look we can run the whole ship off of this one power cell we jump back to the bridge. Emergency Which is a little implausible. Yeah, but, it is a little okay. implausible, but we'll go with it. The bridge, <laughs> okay. we're back in the bridge. Emergency power is now back up. Tuvok raises shields and tells Janeway that the dampening field has been blocked. The dampening field that obviously was initiated by these poop aliens. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been blocked. We have 17 intruders on board. And all of a sudden, the dampening yeah, by the field... Way, what yeah. While they're talking, by the way, so they're working. Janeway and Chakotay are in engineering, kind of using that as a as a as a base. Yeah. And they're talking to Tuvok, who's on the bridge. Yeah. And I look over, and there's Chakotay in a short sleeve. What? Looking. Yeah. So Chakotay is in a short sleeve, just like Janeway was in the short sleeve before. Oh. And I say, coincidence? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, JC shippers. shippers are rejoicing. They're so uh -huh. happy to hear this news. Hey, um, yeah. I didn't even notice that. So good, good eye. Yeah. Short I, sleeves yeah. on both of them in this episode. Unusual look. Coincidence? I think not. I am impressed with your JC shipping prowess, sir. Yes, good job. Welcome. Okay, you found it. 
Well, now the dampening field is being reinitialized by the aliens. Mm -hmm. So we start to lose power again when we're thinking, oh, no, not again. But then all of a sudden the power loss stops. We regain power Mm -hmm. because an alien ship has now entered another ship shows up and all the aliens, a big ship, all the aliens that are on the ship have beamed off a Voyager back onto their three little tiny vessels. And this other vessel uh, shoots all these, uh, these, what do they call them? Spatial charges or something like that. And it chases off these three alien vessels. Fireworks. Yes. Super cool weapons. The my favorite weapons so far on our show. The Malons have fireworks. fireworks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Firework uh, weapons. Really cool. They hail us on screen we we meet the we see the Malon for the first time mm-hmm. and immediately he says um i spent 13 spatial charges on uh, you know shooing away yes. these these other aliens what are I you going to do to compensate yeah you, i expect compensation yeah. and his final his final words to us are before the commercial break are what are you doing in the middle of nowhere <laughs> which <laughs> we're like oh i don't know yeah by the way his ship for some guy that just took out all these other aliens yeah. so quickly yeah you look at his ship there's steam coming out he mm-hmm. look he looks like the garbage man yeah i'm gonna call him the garbage yeah man. it's a garbage ship it looks yeah. like he's running this spaceship on mm-hmm. like steam and coal or yeah. something <laughs> i just it's like <laughs> and his suit had like rivets in it it was very steampunky. It was which steampunky, I'm a, which I'm, I'm a, a fan, fan of. Yeah, I'm we're both of fans steampunk. of that. We like love it. steampunk, but I was a little bit was like, I don't know. But I guess he's the garbage man, so yeah. it makes sense. He's a powerful okay. garbage man. So now was, yeah. we're in the transporter room, which yeah. is behind me right here, as you can see. And he beams in, the Malon. He's called, his name is Imk. Imk, mm-hmm. right? I-M-K. Controller Imk is what he calls himself. Mm-hmm. And he is the captain of the Malon export vessel. He advises I, uh, Jane. Go a ahead. little a little detail, though, as he's beaming in, uh, they detect high levels of theta radiation as Correct. he's sort of part- particling in. Yeah. And so Janeway says, orders a force field around the platform. And then sure. when he comes in, she says, uh, you know, maybe you should just stay right where you are. We can yeah. talk from a distance. Oh, yeah. She says, you appear to be leaking. Yes. yes <laughs> which yes, I love. Yes. That's a good line. Yeah. Uh, he does advise Janeway to turn around because there are thousands more of those tiny ships, those half moon ships ahead, mm-hmm. and that we would not survive another attack. And then Janeway says, well, we can't turn around because we need to get back home. And mm-hmm. this is the point where I loved his delivery of that line. He goes, well, then you'll be coming with me just the where he where he put his pauses his emphasis was mm-hmm. just so cool you know yeah. and then Tuvok's like well what do you mean he goes well there's a spatial vortex a few light years away that leads to the mm-hmm. other side of the expanse this is the secret passageway and he says that he's on a transport mission but he's kind of shady about it he doesn't really explain yeah, what it like, is what right? kind of transport mission are you on because you got all this radiation yeah are, yeah. are you at war with these guys yeah. he's like none of your business you yeah won't answer all the questions no no he's detected one of the, the night of the poop aliens Aboard. on the ship. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, you need to hand that guy over to me and I'll right. show you how, how to get to this vortex yeah. and how you can get two years ahead. You hand me the poop. I'll get you to the vortex is what he says. Exactly. Yeah. And Jane seems was like, like a fair deal. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a fair deal. We'll give you poop yeah. and you give us vortex. <laughs> but Jane was, you know, she's really, she already can sense something's up her intuition is sensing yes. something right now yes. and uh we're in sickbay and janeway mm-hmm. goes to question the alien and he says that the malon have been poisoning their space and they mm-hmm. don't know why um that they're the he apologizes. So po- for attacking them yeah yeah he doesn't know why and he, he just knows that they're so powerful that there's no way for them to stop malon from doing what they're doing and mm-hmm. the doctor says that uh, we should probably get him back to his people because they probably would know how to treat him better than we can. Cause the doctor says he's dying. You know yeah. um, we jump to the briefing room and we have Chakotay and Tuvok. Chakotay is bringing up the whole Janeway isolation issue and uh, Tuvok sort of like, I already know what's up. <laughs> and then Chakotay is like, what you, he, she told you? He's like, no, no, I, I, I know Janeway so well. Captain Janeway's methods are unorthodox. That is her strength as a leader, as well as her greatest weakness. That was an interesting mm-hmm. line to have written right there. Chakotay starts the conversation by saying, you know, I realize that we're not exactly best friends. Correct. And that we've kept a distance from yeah. each other. Right. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't feel that way. I mean, I don't think that they're oh. like super tight well, buddies, but- 
I haven't felt since the pilot episode much tension specifically between them. So I just thought that was unnecessary. It was like, yeah, but at the same time, I believed it because Tuvok betrayed him. Tuvok was a double agent. Tuvok had infiltrated his crew. So really, you know, Chakotay is going to have this grudge against him and it's still there. He feels like the whole reason why he's in the predicament that he is now is because of the spy, the espionage that happened. I guess. I just felt like Chakotay bringing that up in the scene was like, why are you bringing this? Like, that seems like four years later. Yeah. Like (laughs) way water under the bridge. Like, okay. We're still back there. And also I thought David Livingston's, the way that he covered the scene was really nice because the the close-ups were all very low angles. Yes. Which are very dynamic. And we didn't normally do that on Mm -hmm. our show Mm -hmm. uh, in a scene like this, which is just a a talky scene in the Mm -hmm. briefing room. So I thought it looked really cool. I thought David did a really nice job. Yeah. And uh, basically Chakotay says, look, you know, we both get who Janeway is. I may need your support if she tries to be the hero like that again right yeah because he does yeah he she doesn't tuvok tell a story about something she did when she was yeah uh, he tells a story when she was a first year commander on the uss billing she mm-hmm. sent an away team to a volcanic moon mm-hmm. and uh it, it erupted and and their their shuttle their um mission was you know they were they were hurt yeah all the, so the other next... members of the away team were hurt they were injured yeah. so that she went yeah. back solo on that subtle shuttle yep. to prove a point and she almost died herself she almost died yeah. she went all by herself to let them know that it wasn't in vain that they right. went and did this right. so yeah she's got a history of trying to be the hero and right Cote's like you know yeah. let's have each other's back on this exactly. if she tries this if again she tries which is to a be good a hero. setup it's a good setup for the later yeah so we understand yep. what's happening it's it's yeah it's a necessary mm-hmm. scene we jump to um, sort of a jump, it jumps back and forth between bridge and sick bay. Uh, mm-hmm. We are at the coordinates. There are eight ships there. 12 more are approaching. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we, we jump back to sick bay and we learn from our uh, poop alien that yes. they have lived there for millions of years, undisturbed until the Malon came. And, poisoning them for no yeah, reason. Right. And so then, you know, Janeway says, well, you need to talk to them and tell them what's going on. And he goes, where's your communications relay or something? And then yeah. I'm, th- I'm thinking, why didn't Janeway just say open a channel and then have the guy speak? Instead, she like reaches, she grabs his, she grabs his yeah. little poopy arm and makes him help him type. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like a little unnecessary yeah. to do that. Yeah. And it seemed to. And, yeah. and it was a very dramatic sort of when he begs for her help. He's like, oh, will yeah. you help us? Yes. Help us. As he's being Pleading. beamed out. Yeah. yeah, as he's being beamed yeah. out. Right. So you see this plea to her right. sympathetic side that we mm-hmm. know Janeway has. And that's the issue she's talking about before yeah. is that is that she had such sympathy mm-hmm. in the caretake, with the caretaker right. and the Ocompans yeah. that she sacrificed her crew's ability to go home and yeah. so she's now back in the same kind of situation will you help right these poop aliens and she's going to be in the same sort of predicament so yeah we also learned from, we also learned from the doctor that he has he's he has detected that all the aliens on all the ships have been poisoned by theta uh, radiation mm-hmm. so we know that like they're all dying every single one of them yeah and so Janeway is you're right Janeway is in, in the exact same predicament basically that she was four years ago this is another this is another test for her right yeah so we jump to astrometrics and sensors show that the melon vessel is ejecting massive quantities of contaminated antimatter over 90 million isotons of contaminated antimatter and uh we now know this guy's just dumping he's just dumping waste in the Mm -hmm. in the poop aliens territory their their home world (laughs) their homeland and uh janeway hails the the malon captain and she proposes a solution to end this uh dumping of contaminated waste you can process antimatter so that it's not mm-hmm. contaminated so we've got the technology over. and we've we'll share it with you yeah. yeah so they beam him over to engineering yeah well he says give me give me the give me the information now because Janeway was to say we let, let us get through the vortex and we'll give you the info and the guy goes yeah. no, no, no no let me see it now so Janeway's fine we'll show it to you now so he beams over and we go to engineering balana's giving him sort of a tour we cut to her walking him by the warp core mm-hmm. and talking about how Voyager cleans its waste exhaust. And right. Chakotay even hands him a pad that has all the schematics of this technology and even mm-hmm. offers to provide converters to get him started yeah, yeah. so he can clean 
clean all this up and his, yeah. all his people can clean this up. They don't have to worry about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Our, our uh, steampunk alien. What's his name again? Um, Impk. 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 Yeah. yeah. Impk. Imp uh, starts starts processing this. He's like, okay, well, this would solve a lot of problems. But then he reveals, do you know what else this would do? It put me out of business. I'd be obsolete. <laughs> I would so, not accept it. <laughs> I no, I don't yeah. want this. I'm I don't want to keep this. polluting. I'm I don't care if dumping. it kills people. I'm going to keep polluting because I'll be out of a job. Yeah, this is this is pretty much this is pretty much uh, describing what we on earth have been dealing with ever since the yeah. industrial revolution, ever since the industrial revolution, it's all been about pollution and dumping stuff all the time for mm-hmm. big money. And, and it's all about money, right? It's mm-hmm. all about profit. And uh, it's so sad to see this. Yeah. Um, and imp basically says, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one that knows about this vortex. Yeah. So you try to fight me, or force something, and mm-hmm. I've got a lot more firepower than you. I'll take you, you out. Yeah. 10 seconds, he says. Yeah, he's you'll a be, t- you'll be gone. Yeah. <laughs> It just reminded me of when people say that you've heard people say, I'll take you out in a New York minute. You know, you hear that mm-hmm. a New York minute. Mm-hmm. I'll take you out in a Delta Quadrant, 10 seconds, or whatever. It's <laughs> just right. okay, buddy. Okay. So he, he threatens us essentially. He threatens us and takes off, and we go to Janeway's quarters and Chakotay suggests that they fight their way through the vortex right. and get to the other side and they can blow the whistle on Imp. Mm-hmm. And Janeway says, well, we can't be sure that the other Malon are going to feel any differently than him. So we got to take care of this ourselves. Right. But if, if we destroy the vortex, then uh, to protect the aliens, then they're going to, then we destroy our own shortcut through this mm-hmm. vortex. So mm-hmm. th- she's exactly what she was. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, then she asks him, are you ready to captain this ship? Yeah. And he says, yes. Mm-hmm. She says, okay, assemble the crew. Yeah. Oh, boy. So yeah, here we, we go. go again. Yeah. So we're on the so bridge. On the, captain mm-hmm. on the bridge, Tuvok says. Yeah, and everybody says, stands his attention. It's a very dramatic right. moment because she hasn't been on the bridge. She's been no. in her quarters for a couple of months. No. But it's a cool scene, though, because everyone's really yeah. happy to see her. You can see that. Yeah. She's, she talks to Harry first. She says, Harry. Mm-hmm. How have you been? Which is similar to the pilot when we left D Space Nine. You know, Janeway yeah. talks to Harry first on the bridge, and I say, yeah. "Just fine, ma'am." And I, of course, I've been around uh, been around Tom so much, I, I throw the ma'am in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just fine, ma'am. Got to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tells everyone about her plan, but everyone refuses. And I gotta say, yeah. your refusal brought a little tear to my eye. It really did. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, Tom." She orders Tom. Yeah. He says, I can't follow that. Can't order. follow that order. Very yeah. quietly. And she looks Very at them cool. all. No one's going to comply. Yeah. Um, she looks at, she looks at uh, seven and seven says, I will not comply. Yeah. Um, she asks, basically. She looks at the doctor and the doctor says, what am I to do? Or something like yeah, that. What's a hologram, what's a doc- what's to, a hologram do? to do? Exactly. Yeah. What is a hologram to do? Not yeah. take our holodeck time is what a hologram is supposed <laughs> to be. So they need a new plan and together they sort of pitch in and they decide if they just destroy the, the uh, vortex and go to warp before it closes, that they can kind of stay ahead of its collapse and sort of get pushed along right. by this collapsing vortex. By the shock wave. So by the yeah, shock so, wave, exactly. Right. So the instance we cross the threshold of the vortex, we're going to fire those torpedoes. Yep. Vortex begins to collapse. We jump to high warp, and the shock wave will help push us out. Torres mm-hmm. says um, she can reinforce the aft shielding to help out with the shock wave. Uh, Janeway says there's still one obstacle. Mail on. Tuvok says antimatter waste has weakened the bulkhead surrounding the cargo hold. A direct phaser strike should disable them. And then so all hands to battle stations. Everybody, we got a plan. We're gonna we're gonna kind of ride this wave of the vortex collapsing. And then Janeway goes over to Chakotay and quietly says, "You told them." They knew which, they they knew coming in. She says what was happening, which he responds with. Let's just say I wouldn't be a fine first officer if I hadn't. And mm-hmm. they share a little bit of a look, a little bit of a JC moment. What what I think Chicote should have said is, "I love you." Let's just uh, maybe okay. Or he could have said, "Let's just say I wouldn't be a fine first officer if I hadn't, and I'd be losing my JC nookie." <laughs> I think he should have mentioned the JC Nookie in there somehow. And then, and then he, he he pulls his uniform aside to show the short sleeve shirt that he has on that match. Exactly. Turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a tattoo. A little JC tattoo JC. 
Okay, good. I'm That's telling pretty, you. Okay. You, you. You just wrote the whole, you know, rest yeah, of the, re- of the, been of the such episode. a better scene. They talked about Noki. <laughs> we jump to the, uh, we have exterior shots of the battle in space with the Malon, mm-hmm. uh, Malon vessel uh, back and forth. And again, more cool fireworks fire from the Malon oh, vessel. Oh, super yeah, cool. Super yeah, I wrote cool. flying through a Disneyland fireworks show. It was like crazy yeah. yeah voyager hits emps emps ship with everything she says hit him with everything we got right paris is like vortex is dead ahead you know right. whatever right but we lose an engine though right so we lose an engine in the mm-hmm. process and Jamie says can you get us can you get us out of here with one engine and paris is like oh, yes ma'am i can do this he starts uh fire imp starts firing uh, more spatial charges at us uh, Janeway says, avoid them, which Paris does a great job, kind of like, you know, uh, just mm-hmm. rolling out of that. Flying, yeah, twisting and yeah, rolling. Evasive you know? maneuvers. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when Seven goes, Captain Proton to the rescue. And Paris is a little embarrassed. She's like, I'll explain later. Once <laughs> yeah. to get past it right there. But it's still it a funny like, line. Coming from fun Seven. moment. Yeah yeah. 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 Paris does some cool flying. Right. And, and then we Seven's get Seven's just got to make a joke because she's she getting does. in touch with her sense she's of get, humor. She's becoming more human. We get yes. our other nacelle gets a direct hit. So now mm-hmm. we have zero engines. Both engines are offline. We're just kind of just drifting, really. Uh, the this, mail- yeah. yeah. Flying and by inertia. We're, we're really. flying by inertia directly towards the vortex. The Malon vessel now begins to maneuver to block our path to the vortex and it looks like we're we're dead in the water what are we going to do i mean we can't kamikaze that guy we're all going to die mm-hmm. right and that's and when sudden, the poop aliens show up and they yeah. uh, they come to the rescue they start they distracting the malon vessel firing mm-hmm. on the malon vessel malon vessel fires back and destroys uh i don't know all of one or all of those other ships but at least one of them gets destroyed and janeway says to tuvok Mm-hmm. target his cargo hold because we talked yes. about his cargo hold was that's bleeding. right that's right and 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 she uh she says it's time to take out the garbage time to take out the garbage what a yeah. great line that's just and tuvok that's, hits the cargo hold yeah and that's like a diehard ruptures. line like a you yeah, know like a cool. one-liner really cool yeah it ruptures mm-hmm. explodes Impkin, explodes, Impkin and his main line crew flies done. into the vortex Mm-hmm. Uh, we basically blow up the garbage, take yeah. out the garbage, yeah, and then we drop these uh, these delay charge uh, torpedoes. That's right. As we go into the vortex, mm-hmm. and the collapse begins, and we're flying along the shock wave, yeah. hits the back and pushes us through the vortex. Yeah, uh, we, we're riding this shock wave, and then when we uh, when we finally when it finally finishes collapsing. Mm. Uh, we realize we're still not outside of the, we're still in the void. Yeah. We're still, we're not. I think Paris says 200 kilometers left. So we're still sort of floating with the inertia of this shock wave. Uh, I think it was further than 200 kilometers, but yes, we're not at the, we're not, we're not out of it yet. Basically. We're not out of the the darkness yet. We're Mm -hmm. still in the darkness. So everyone starts looking, but we're Mm -hmm. close enough that we anticipate we're going to be out of it soon. So everybody mm-hmm. starts looking and I love this moment. It was really emotional. Balana comes down by Paris and they're standing looking. Do you see anything? Yeah. Paris says, I think I see something. The doctor, and, you need to get your eyes checked, Mr. Paris. So yeah, that's his comment. But the, the and, camera angle moving from you to Balana to the doctor, mm-hmm. very, uh, very dramatic and very emotional. Very dramatic. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Everybody on the bridge is looking mm-hmm. for signs of life. Mm-hmm. Are we out of this darkness? And then we see a little twinkle or two. And yep. Janeway says, Harry, Harry, what do what you, do you see? see out there? Yeah. Yeah. And Take he, it to and Harry. Harry walks over by seven. And as he's walking over, he says, I don't know. I see a. He says, I see a densely packed region with thousands of star systems. Yes. And he looks to seven. He says, looks pretty lively. <laughs> and then the last shot we see is out in space colorful nebulas oh it's gorgeous it's beautiful 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 we're out of this darkness yeah you know what this was an action-packed ending for sure you know i kept thinking man how can this be the season five opener if it's just crossing a void expanse with nothing like how's this going to be exciting well now we know (laughs) we know exactly why how it got exciting so yeah yep what is your lesson for this episode i don't know if i can put it in like a simple simple uh, idea but it's basically my thought was too much time in your head thinking is not good and you need something mm. to do you need something outside of yourself to put your attention on or you're going to go to a dark place 
because mm. uh, you know Janeway went to a very dark place and just had too much time on her hands to think, and everybody had too much time on their hands to think. Yeah. And start the negativity, Neelix, everybody. So yeah, mm. too much time in your hands is not a good thing. Well, I'm going to say I have kind of multiple lessons here. I mean, you know how mm-hmm. people say two heads are better than one. I'm going to say mm-hmm. uh, all the all the heads of the crew are better than than people splitting off. And so, you know, with Janeway's solution yep. of her being the one left. Being the hero. Not, yeah, is not yep. the way to go. I mean, it's better to stay together as a group than to split it up. Um, and it. also, the other, yeah, the other lesson is just uh, the environment versus commerce. You know, I mean, that age old <laughs> yeah. uh, dumping uh, is just something that we hear about all the time. This company mm-hmm. dumped their their radio, radioactive waste in a lake or they dumped it over mm-hmm. here and mm-hmm. just the people living in this area are now all have cancer. And it's just, this is an age old problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always been about the big money, big corporations over uh, the needs of the few outweighing the needs of the many with the corporation's mm-hmm. mindset. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's the other lesson. Greed. Like, yeah, greed. We need to fight greed. Yeah. We need to fight greed and corporate greed and selfishness as much as we can. Um, and if we if all of us common people band together, that's how you fight corporate mm-hmm. greed. That's the only way. Right. Love so, it. Yeah. Great. What would you give this one out of 10? I'm going to give it a, I'll give it an eight because it, it involved everybody. I mean, if, yeah. if that's one of your main criteria, everybody was involved in this episode. Everybody was. And yeah. um, I, I like the story. I liked how, how it began, how it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the guest stars did a good job as well. So um, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my rating. Nice. Eight. What are you going to give it? Uh, you'll be surprised again. I'm going to give it a nine. Oh my God. I'm gonna what give are this you a nine. Doing Robbie? I really you, like this. Excuse me. Um, can you bring Robbie McNeil into? Uh, can you? I don't no. know who you are, but I, I thought I'd this like was find- a really great episode. We got Captain Proton oh, is in the game. Yeah, we had. Yeah. Uh, we played into the big mythology of yeah. Janeway's journey on the show, and mm-hmm. and the kind of um, responsibility that she felt. Everybody was in the episode. Everybody yeah. had something to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was good humor in it. Our yeah. guest stars were great. Yeah. Um, the, some was, of the space, you know how we've had dense, the best that I've ever yeah, seen. That's true. That's true. You know how we've had dense episodes before where both of us yeah. will complain about that. This is a dense episode as well, but it's a fun, fun. episode. Boy, fun. it's a fun, yeah. fun, fun episode for sure. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I like really, this one really a lot. Good. Excellent. Liked it a lot. Well, good. All right. Okie dokie. Here we are in we season are. five. All right. <laughs> I can't even believe it. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in and, and listening to Robbie and I wax poetically about season five, episode one. Literally with yes. haikus and limericks. With IS. Yes, we did. And join us next week when Robbie and I will discuss episode two of season five, Drone. Drone, mm-hmm. which is pretty easy to think about what that's going to be about. So drone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so join us next week, everyone. And for all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. See you next week. Bye.